0: Good morning, and welcome to SGL Daily. I'm Lisa Bond, and today we're starting into the book of Colossians. So let's begin reading in verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. And now down to verse 9. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Dr. D.A. Carson proposes two ways that the study of Scripture can transform our prayer lives. First, prayer transforms our theology, just as lack of prayer will influence what we think about God. The second way focuses on the study of specific prayers like Paul's, which are heavily other-oriented. That can help us with our own right now try to think of the major components of your own prayer time which gets the most and least amount of emphasis do your prayers lean heavily on what you are personally going through do they include both the physical and the spiritual do they include praise to god thanksgiving confession where do you spend the most time and why and how has this changed over the years paul is praying for people whom he has never met. He never visited Colossae, and we know this from chapter 2, verse 1. I wonder if we've considered ways that we can do this as well. How can our prayers become increasingly other-oriented? Maybe even for people whom we've never had a chance to meet. We might consider using the church prayer list, sponsoring a child in another country, and praying specifically for him or her, or maybe using the Voice of the Martyrs' Prayer Guide. Dr. Carson also notes that Paul was focused on ongoing concerns in the church, which kept him constantly praying and thanking God for signs of spiritual growth instead of coming in and out of crisis mode. It would be good if we, too, constantly named good things that we see happening to identify where we see God at work in our church. That baptisms, testimonies of God's grace, gatherings in small groups, now in both youth and in adults. The talk by Dr. Grabowski recently and Pastor Rick's ordination service. God is up to some big things. What did Paul specifically pray for these believers? Look in verses 9 and 10, that they may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We really do need the wisdom of the Spirit to think and act in a worthy manner, don't we? And we also need to ask for forgiveness when we fall short of that, which we will, and to extend grace to others when they fall short of that, which they will. In verses 10b to 12, Paul gives four ways that we may live a life that is pleasing to God. We just read a couple of these, so they would be bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power to have endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Think of what their struggles would have been in the Christian life, these ancient believers, and what your own struggles are. Yes, we need the power of God to be strengthened so that we can have endurance and patience. I don't know of anyone who would want their struggles to hang around and continue indefinitely, do you? Of course we ask God to come quickly, just like David did in Psalm 70. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. And as we pray those prayers, we also ask him to be able to bear up under those struggles in his power. I was once staying in Charlottesville in a hotel, and as I was walking down the hall, I saw a card that was used for housekeeping, and it was heaped high with towels and linens. I didn't even know it until I passed, but behind that cart was the housekeeper. Her work, her troubles, were heaped up so high that she herself couldn't even be seen. And you might feel like that today. The weight of your struggles threatens to dwarf you. But God is there. Paul is reminding these precious people whom he has never even laid eyes on, that God has delivered them from the domain of darkness and transferred them to his beloved son's kingdom. There is joy in that. There is strength and power that only comes from him. We are his children, and he will not abandon us. Praise God. Amen.